Arsenal kick off the Premier League season with a victory up at St. James's Park and a clean sheet too. We'll be dissecting the game and taking your comments on it live on tonight's edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. Hello, good evening and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with Loserport.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and this is another live edition of the podcast. We are live Sunday night uh, looking back at the victory over Newcastle United. Lots to discuss. Our first game of the season. Thank God Arsenal are back in Premier League action. Gives us something to do something to talk about and uh, something to fill our weekends finally after feeling so empty for so long. Right, I'm going to start off actually um, by sharing with you guys what my predicted lineup was for this game. Now, my predicted lineup was Leno in goal, a back four of Monreal, Socrates, David Lewis and Maitland-Niles. Got three of the four right. Um, I thought that David Lewis would start. I must admit, I thought that he'd come straight back, uh, straight into the team. Sorry. So I was surprised to see Callum Chambers given the nod. But Callum Chambers did really well. And we're going to come on to that a bit later on. I went with Xhaka Willock and Ozil. This was, of course, done prior to the announcement that Ozil and Kalasinac uh, would both be missing. Uh, so swap Ozil for Genduzi. And that's pretty much right. And the front three was spot on. Um, it's what we expected. Pepe hasn't, you know, made a full recovery from the African Nations Cup yet. He's not been in training long enough yet to, to be given a starting position. We know that Alexander Lacazette was also suffering with an injury problem uh, and had to have a late fitness test. So the likelihood of him starting was also pretty low. Um, so that was what I went with. Let's have a look what Arsenal actually went with. I've already spoken about it, but we'll go into things in a little bit more detail now. So if you look at it here, um, you should be able to see my screen now, those of you watching live, but I'll read it out for those uh, who are not. Of course, uh, the back four was, as we said, Leno, Maitland-Niles, Chambers, Socrates, Monreal. Genduzi came in alongside Xhaka, uh, Mkhitaryan uh, and uh, Nelson were the wide players with Willock just behind Aubameyang. Now, if we have a look at the statistics before we get into sort of the individual performances, Arsenal were pretty dominant. Um, in terms of possession, 62% of the possession compared to Newcastle United's 38%. Um, you know, so that's really, really good considering we were away from home. Interestingly enough, though, Newcastle had more attempts at goal than the Arsenal. And both teams only had two attempts on target. So what does that tell us? It tells us that the overall quality of the game was pretty poor, if I'm honest. Newcastle had more corners, five to Arsenal's three. And Newcastle also committed more fouls. Now, if we flick back uh, to the lineup, we're going to go through some individual performances. Um, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on those too. So feel free to utilize the comment section, whether you're watching live on Facebook, live on Twitter, live on YouTube, or if you're watching or listening to the replay of this too, uh, you are welcome to contribute as always. Now, Bernardino in goal for me, um, you know, he didn't really have a great deal to do. Made a pretty decent save in the first half from Joe Linton when he squeezed through. Um, so that was that was pretty good. But other than that, Leno wasn't really called into action. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I thought, was brilliant. Now, I've been one of the people that thinks that Ainsley Maitland-Niles 
cannot be a right back option for Arsenal going forward. And the reason I say that is because it's not naturally his position. We've seen him get exposed many, many times. I felt like when he first broke into the team, he looked really, really good, really composed. And we saw a little bit of a regression with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And I think that a lot of that was down to the fact that he was playing out of position. So in my mind, you know, it, it didn't make sense to to rely on Ainsley Maitland-Niles as a right back. Today, he shut me up because he was really, really good on that right-hand side. He showed great pace. And even, uh, was it uh, St. Maximin? Is that his name? Uh, that, that The gentleman that came off for Newcastle in the second half, even when he came on, injected a little bit more pace, a little bit more directness. Ainsley Maitland-Niles was able to cope. And of course, he did brilliantly for the goal when he nipped in front of the uh, Newcastle United man, broke forward, looked up and picked up, picked out, sorry, a fantastic ball to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in the middle. And of course, Aubameyang made absolutely no mistake with the finish. So uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles deserves a lot of credit today. There's no question about that in my mind. Um, does it mean that I want to see him playing at right back all the time? No, it doesn't, because I still feel against better quality opposition, he can get found out. And that's not me being disrespectful. It's not me saying I don't want Ainsley Maitland-Niles in and around the team. It's just the way I feel. Um, I'm yet to be convinced that he's a sustainable option in that position. Let me know what you think in the comments, though. Of course, today's performance was good. But what 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 are your thoughts on Ainsley Maitland-Niles going forward? The two centre-halves, Callum Chambers and Socrates. I think Socrates showed pretty much what we all know he has. You know, uh, leadership qualities, uh, solid, decent centre-back. He's not a world beater. He's not a top, top draw centre-back. But he is good enough um, that if he's got the right man alongside him, he can be a really effective defender. And Callum Chambers today was the right man alongside him. I thought Callum Chambers was brilliant. And I had worries about Callum Chambers because he never really made it initially. He went out on loan uh, first to Middlesbrough, I think, and then to Fulham. And it, you know, people say he played really well at Fulham, but ultimately Fulham got relegated. And Callum Chambers wasn't really playing uh, in the heart of their defence. So, I had my worries about this, but again, another player proved me wrong today. Callum Chambers was fantastic. I thought he looked really composed. His positioning was good. Um, he was alert. He was aware. And um, yeah, so I thought he made a really good partner for Socrates today. Nacho Monreal did okay. Standard Nacho Monreal performance. Um, Genduzzi did okay too, I thought. And I'm normally quite critical of Matteo Genduzzi. I did feel, though, at times in the first half that Arsenal was struggling to make that transition between the defence and the midfield. So getting the ball into those midfield players in positions where they could turn and face the opposition's goal and start moves off. And I felt like Genduzzi and Shaka in the first half were both quite sloppy in position and were both uh, poor in terms of making options for the defenders. Um, but while we're on the topic of the defence and those transitions, I want to talk about the goal kick thing, because we know that the rules have changed. We know that goal kicks now can be taken within your own penalty area, so your players can wait in there and you can play it short. Now, I had a problem with the way we started last season in the sense that we were putting ourselves under lots and lots of unnecessary pressure. And it feels like just because this rule is coming and you can play it short, we're going to be doing it even more often. And you don't mind it when you've got the right players. You don't mind it when there's very minimal risk. But unfortunately, there is a risk with the way we're trying to do it. And we don't necessarily have the ball players at the back 
to play that way. That's why I think that David Lewis is such a good addition because he is someone that can do that, that will confidently bring the ball out of his defence. So, yeah, that that irritated me a little bit in the first half. I felt like we were putting ourselves under unnecessary pressure. And then when the ball was going into the likes of Jacques and Genduzzi, they couldn't hold it or they couldn't move it on to that next phase. And it was proving to be a little bit problematic. Henrik Mkhitaryan got absolutely pelted by Arsenal fans on social media at halftime in particular. But for me, what you've got to look at is Henrik Mkhitaryan can be wasteful at times, but Henrik Mkhitaryan gets into those positions. Henrik Mkhitaryan creates those situations with his movement. And I'm going to come on to Nelson in a minute because, and you know, I don't want to swear on this podcast. I try not to anyway, but I felt like people were absolutely sucking him off today. Uh, Sorry for the term, but he wasn't that great in my opinion. He was okay. There were flashes. There were glimpses of him picking up the ball, twisting and turning. But for me, He was playing in sort of an inside position. He kept drifting inside. And when you're a right-sided player on the left-hand side of the pitch, I'm going to bring this up on the screen so I can show you what I mean. When you are a left-sided player playing, you know, with your right foot, you'd think that he'd pull right onto that touchline so that when he does receive the ball, he's got the freedom of the inside of the pitch. So he's got space to run into. That was something that Pep Guardiola uh, taught Raheem Sterling and Raheem Sterling does really well. That is something that Pep Guardiola has often spoken about. And Thierry Henry spoken about how useful that was to his game too. pull right out onto that touchline, receive the ball. And then you've got the room and the freedom of the pitch to go inside and drive at people on your stronger foot. And I felt that Reese Nelson kept drifting inside too much. And I didn't really like that. Not To say that he was bad, though, that would be harsh. That's over the top. It's just a a small observation and something that I'd like to see uh, change a little bit in his game. Joe Willock, I thought in the first half particularly, was sensational. I thought he worked really, really hard, um, made things happen. He he tracked back to defend as well, made a couple of really good challenges and was always looking to be active and always looking to be busy and not hiding. And I really like that in young players when they don't hide um, from receiving the ball. And so Willock was brilliant. I do think that in the second half, though, Willock's legs went. And I also think that Reese Nelson's legs went. And they, of course, they were both replaced. Um, Willock was replaced by Danny Ceballos, made his Premier League debut for the Arsenal. And at first, his first two or three touches were quite poor. The first one I remember, the, the, literally the first touch, he tried this back heel or this sort of flick and it didn't really come off. Arsenal lost the ball and you're thinking, here we go again. And then the second one, he misplaced another pass. But as the game went on and as Danny Ceballos warmed up, he really, really impressed me. He looks really, really composed on the ball. Um you know, we've seen that he can carry the ball and he's a ball player that can control the tempo of a game. And that's something that Arsenal have been missing, in my opinion, ever since Santi Cazorla went. So, or since Santi Cazorla got injured, I should say. So, really pleased to see Ceballos on um, and I really like the look of him. Mikitarian was taken off for Gabriel Martinelli. Now, I found this one a little bit strange because... When you think of Martinelli, you think of a striker. So to bring on a striker to play on the left-hand side seemed a bit, you know, unusual. But again, Martinelli showed that he can do the job, that he can put a shift in for the team. And that was pleasing. And of course, Nicola Pepe, our £72 million uh, player, came on. 
And I'll be honest, his uh, little cameo wasn't as impressive as, say, Ceballos is, in my opinion. I thought he looked a little bit rusty, looked a little bit unfit. Um, Nicola Pepe, there was one situation where he isolated the fullback and I wanted to see him just show that burst of pace, a, a bit of acceleration and get past him. And that didn't happen. Um, but, you know, we know he's not fit. We know that it's very early days for Nicola Pepe. He's not trained with the team a great deal as of yet. Um, so, of course, we're going to remain uh, patient with him. There's no question about that. I mean, overall, I thought Arsenal's performance was okay without ever being really good. But at the end of the day, we got the three points. It's a, a win on the road, something that was pretty hard to come by last season and the season before. And a clean sheet. We only managed one clean sheet on the road last season. So to have hit that mark already, um, you know, it is, oh, I'm not going to say it's impressive because we were away to a side who many people feel will be sort of sort of drifting just above the relegation zone come May. But, but you know, it was a game we should win and we did win it. And the performance wasn't exactly inspiring. It wasn't getting me off my seat. It wasn't anything like that. But you'll take the three points. And I think as long as Arsenal will end up in a Champions League position come May, there won't be too many complaints. Definitely not from myself anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, that's that. Um, let's move on to the post-match stuff. Um, because we already mentioned, didn't we, that um, Mesut Ozil and Ser Kolasinac were left out of the uh, squad due to further security concerns. And it was reported last night that Mesut Ozil's uh, property was uh, attempt. There was an attempted burglary. Sorry, those guys. I don't know if it was those guys that, um, you know, were involved in the initial incident, but um you know, that is something that the police are investigating. And, of course, there was an incident between uh, some people and Mr. Ezil's private security staff at his property. So, of course, he was shaken up. Not entirely sure where Sead Kalasinac fell into the story. Um, not sure if there was any incident there or if it's just because they've both been involved in the whole sort of thing together. Um, but I think Unai Emery did the right thing there because... Family comes first and it's more important than football, no matter how much we love the game. And if those players don't feel comfortable leaving their families at this stage because of what's going on, then I'm absolutely OK with that. Granite Xhaka was the Arsenal captain today. Granite Xhaka wearing the armband, of course. Um, he's been named as one of uh, Unai Emery's captains. Um, I'm expecting that we'll hear there's probably another couple more additions to that. Um, Scott Ramustafi was left out of the team. Um, out of the squad entirely and it looks as though he will be on his way um, providing that somebody can of course uh, make an effort uh, sorry make a bid or an offer I should say that falls in line with what Arsenal value the player at so we expect Shkodran Mustafi to probably leave but going back to Granite Xhaka because lots of you've been talking about him leaving too I don't see that happening I think Unai Emery really values Granite Xhaka and he was sloppy at times today and he was driving me absolutely crazy but you can see why um Unai Emery thinks that this guy is is very important to the team now let's go over uh, and have a look at what Unai Emery had to say post match um here we go just going to share my screen with you guys again to those of you watching live um so Unai Emery uh was asked on an away clean sheet in the first game of the season and he emphasized the point that a win is more important. He wants to win. And and yes, clean sheets are great. It helps. Of course it does. But, you know, 
that's kind of neither here nor there if you pick up all three points. And we'd like to see Arsenal become a little bit more watertight defensively. Of course we would. But as Unai Emery says, it's all about the victory, isn't it? Um, Unai Emery was asked about having uh, whether or not he had enough senior defenders and, of course, the performance of Chambers. And he went on to say that for Callum Chambers, it was a very good year last year because he got game time. Um, he said that they played him as a centre-back in a three, in a two, and they played him as a midfielder. So he gained some really, really valuable experience on that loan um, during that loan period. So it's good to see that Callum Chambers has, of course, come back. On how Mesut and Sayed are... Um, and if they could feature against Burnley, Unai Emery said the club is managing the circumstance. We want to be with them as soon as possible and with normality in training and normality to be ready to play. I don't know now if they will play next week, which is interesting because this saga seems to be rumbling on, doesn't it? But Granite Xhaka, in his role as captain today, um, did dedicate the victory to them. And I was pleased that he did that because whilst people may not particularly fancy him as a player, he's shown the right leadership qualities there in terms of making the point um, that, you know, the team are behind them and stuff. And everybody is, of course, uh, you know, showing their full support to them. Um, this, I'm not going to read through the whole press conference because you can read it yourselves here, of course, on Arsenal.com. I'm sure lots of you saw the post-match interview um, on uh, Sky Sports 2. Uh, and, and, of course, Emery was, was asked about why he left the new... Uh, the new signings on the bench. Um, and with David Lewis, he said that David Lewis did preseason with another team. He's okay to play physically, but he only trained completely with us yesterday. Friday, he only did 30 minutes with us. So it's understandable, um, you know, why those guys were, were of course, left out. Uh, and the fact that we got a result without them, all, um, you know, is a positive sign. It, it is a result that should, we should be feeling positive about. Like I said earlier, hardly... Uh, the type of performance to get you up off your seat, but we got all three points and, you know, that is the main thing. And the conditions were difficult too. spoken to a few people that were up at, of course, um, St. James's part today. And they said out, they kept speaking about how bloody horrible the weather was um, and all sorts. So uh, yeah, of course, uh, difficult circumstances. Uh, he was also asked what he made of Nelson and Willock's performances. He said they are young. They need to get confidence. They need to get experience, but we need to be winning, um, which suggests to me that they're not going to be given uh, opportunities to play just for the sake of it. It's about winning first and foremost. It's about the good of the team. And then from then on, you know, if you can include them in that and they're playing well enough to be a part of that great happy days, um, but it is about winning primarily and it's about Arsenal achieving their goals. Right, let's head over to some of your questions on Twitter. Um, some of you put some questions uh, on our tweet, which I'll go through first and then I'll come to your live comments uh, for those of you that are involved. Uh, Richard Wright says, do you think some of the youngsters should start ahead of Mickey or Shaka or should we have some experience? I think experience is uh, undervalued at times and I think that, and I've said this over and over again, and those who you watch regularly will know that I always say this, the hardest thing to get out of young players is consistency. So I won't rely on those young players to produce week in, week out. I know that the case is we can't always rely on some of the senior players either, but I think you've got more chance of finding a level of consistency with them. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, 
Stephen Oliver says to me, it looked like Mkhitaryan was playing like he knew he'd lost his position in the team with Pepe coming in. Should we give him a chance at central attacking midfield against Burnley if Ozil's still unavailable? I don't see why not. Um, I don't see why not. I think that with Mkhitaryan, there were parts of his game, particularly in the second half, where I was impressed. So he picked the ball up, he drove. There was a bit where he skipped past a couple of players, but then the pass was too long. And there were just moments where it just wasn't coming off for him. But I think he had some bad moments today, Henrik Mkhitaryan, but I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as some of the reaction has been on social media. And I don't see how that's helpful anyway, um, to be honest. Right, let's head over to your live comments in the chat. Here we go. Russ Morgan says, a good away win for me, Harry. Three points is all that matters. I was a bit concerned that none of the summer signings started, though. Um, you're right, Russ. Great performance. Uh, the win is all that matters, of course. Um, I said great performance. I meant a great result. Definitely not a great performance. But yeah, like you said, three points is all that matters. And I wouldn't be too concerned, mate, about the um, the summer signings not starting. I don't think I expected many of them anyway. Um, to get a game uh, from the off, at least. Uh, Brett the Gooner says, Mickey had a shocker. Just been talking about that. I don't think it was a shocker. I think there were some poor moments, but I thought that he was just as, if not more effective than Reese Nelson, and nobody's talking about uh, him playing poorly. So I think it's a little bit harsh. Um, Brandon says, solid performance. We're always in control. I'll take a 1-0 away from home all season. Agree with that. Uh, Wasu says, hello, Harry. Three points, clean sheet and slim score. I would take that all day. Roy Cropper says, Nelson's interplay was class and one-touch passes was class and has obviously gone unnoticed. No, I don't think it's gone unnoticed, mate. There were, as I said, positive moments and nobody's criticising Reese Nelson. I think there were some positive moments. But when you see a player with so much talent, you you always expect more and and I just felt like it was a decent performance from Reese Nelson and he should take credit from that because he is a young player and he's not as experienced in the Premier League you know as some others and he's done really well but I don't think we should be going overboard about this kid I don't think we should be relying so heavily on him and it feels like the fans have got this this you know vision of Reese Nelson coming in and being the saviour. And that's not going to happen. Reese Nelson has still got a long way to develop. So just calm down on that. That's that's kind of my only my only point. Um, Jay says, Sabayos looked great when he calmed down. Agree. Um, I think he, um, yeah, he definitely uh, grew into the game as it went on. I've already touched on that anyway. Uh, Paul Myers on Mkhitaryan. Mickey was terrible. Confidence and mind shot at the moment for some reason. Um, duh, duh, duh. Jay also says Pepe's had about two training sessions since July. It was clear that Pepe is not match fit. You could see that from the minute he first touched the ball. So, um, you know, I, I didn't expect any more, uh, if I'm honest. I just hope we can get him up to speed as quick as possible. Matt Hale says, oh, Alba was clinical. Aubameyang was clinical, as always. Agree. Brilliant running out of good things to say about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. When he finds himself in those type of positions, he often uh, does the business. And, you know, I expect him to be right up there or thereabouts anyway, 
when the race for the golden boot really hits up come the end of the season. Limitless FA, fantastic result today with so many players missing. I think we did well to graft that win. Absolutely agree. No question about that. Um, he also says Mickey's first half performance may have been the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, it wasn't great in the first half. I definitely think he got better in the second half, though. And, um, you know, there were other not great performances, too. Uh, and I just feel like it's a little bit, you know, people are just going in a little bit too hard on Mkhitaryan, in my opinion. Uh, Tommy O'Donoghue says, I said today I'd take a dirty one nil win, but we do have a lot of work to do. Uh, saying that we had a lot of players out or on the bench, team will look much different in a few weeks. Agree. Healy says, very happy with Chambers. Simplified his game and played the percentage passes. Yeah, I thought that that, that Chambers was very good. I praised him right at the top of the show. Uh, Callan Fodder TV, another fantastic YouTube channel. Head over to them and subscribe. I didn't think Shaka had a bad game, just didn't really impose himself. I think my issue with Xhaka in the first half was that he gave the ball away a couple of times very loosely, and uh, that was a little bit irritating. Uh, but other than that, he was pretty solid. He done okay, and you know that Granite Xhaka can pick out some wonderful passes at times. There was one where he slid uh, or Bamyang in, wasn't it, in the first half, uh, second half, sorry. Um, so you know we know that he's got the ability. It's just uh, a lot of the times a concentration issue with him. I think. Uh, Dipak Patel says, Willock showed us what Ozil should be doing in terms of running forward thoughts. It's quite obvious that Willock is a player who likes to drive with the ball. And Mesut Ozil is a player who likes to pass the ball. And I just think these comparisons are just... <laughs> I wouldn't make them because I think they're two different players. And yeah, you can say they're both going to play in that number 10 role. But for me, they're two very different players. I still believe that Mesut Ozil is the most talented um, attacking midfielder that we have at the club. And for one circumstance or another, we're going to have to deal without him again uh, for a little bit of time. But, you know, I, I really think that if we can improve on the foundations of the team and let Mesut Ozil have that freedom that he requires without people standing there going, oh, why isn't he tracking back? then, you know, he is a huge asset to this squad and, and to this team. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Luke Howard says, our defence really surprised me. I thought our defence was was very good today. I thought that they all done well. But, uh, you know, I'd advise caution here because Newcastle were absolutely toothless in that final third. They had a couple of moments, didn't they? A little spell um, where, you know, the crowd started to get behind them and stuff. But, realistically did they test burn leno no they only had two shots on target um just like us no nobody really you know put the other team sort of up against the wall and and really gave him a hard time so difficult to judge the defense based solely on today's game but you know you'd hope that people like callum chambers have gained that experience rob holding will be back soon you hope that david lewis can integrate in the uh team quite easily and uh yeah so uh just going to quickly run through my player ratings and that'll be it um for this uh live edition of the podcast burn Leno, i'm going to give him a six maitland niles i'm going to give him an eight chambers eight so crisis seven monreal seven uh Genduzzi, uh i think he just made a seven for me Xhaka, i'm going to give him a six because i didn't think his first half was good Mkhitaryan, I'll give a six as well. 
quite a bad first half, a few poor moments. But I, like I said, I did think he improved in the second half a little bit. Uh, Willock, for me, gets a seven. Uh, Sabios, when he came on, uh, gets a seven as well. Nelson, for me, six and a half. I didn't think Nelson was that good, genuinely. And I'm not, I just don't, I don't get what all the fuss is about, about Reese Nelson's performance today. Didn't really see it. Aubameyang, again, kind of on the peripheries of the game for a lot of the time. But when it mattered, when the moment came, he took it. So I'm going to give Aubameyang an 8-2. Uh, Pepe, I'm not even going to rate for that cameo performance because I thought it was quite clear that he he wasn't ready to be on the pitch. Martinelli did pretty well, worked hard, uh, you know, linked up quite well with Ceballos pulling out to that left-hand side and, and sort of trying to waste time and things like that, um, which is always nice to see when it's your team, of course. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Have we got any more comments? Um, Marco Arrigoni asks, can you see Xhaka being in central midfield next season? If he's at Arsenal and Unai Emery's in charge, then he will be in our midfield because there's obviously a... Um, a real respect between the two. And Emery obviously values him. He's made him the captain. He obviously rates this player. Whether we do or not is a completely different story. So as long as Unai Emery's there, I think that, yeah, he uh, he will be in that midfield. Right. That brings us to the end of this live edition of the podcast. Uh, big shout out to everybody who's tuned in now, uh, watching live, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook or YouTube. And to those of you watching us back later on, um, Thank you so much for your continued support. Hit the like button, hit the share button, um, leave us a comment. And if you're listening to the audio only, please, please, please do leave us a review. We'll be back tomorrow with a Chronicles AFC Daily. Until then, take care.